Hello everyone, this is Minister Anthony Bonner of Truth Turn Up Ministries coming to you live today on the podcast to share a word out of the book of Hebrews entitled The Author and the Finisher. The Author and the Finisher. You know, when someone is an author, that means they are writing a book, a novel, a manuscript, a short story, a devotional, but they are writing. There is a short a story being shaped, being shared, and being structured. And because they're the author, they direct the manner and the path in which the story will flow. Whether there will be tragedy, whether there will be triumph, whether there will be soy, whether sorrow, whether there will be joy, all of it is in the hands of the author. Because they are also the finisher, they also determine how the story will end. And more importantly, they dictate what's going to happen in the middle, chapter by chapter, whether the character in the story ends as a hero or a villain, whether he survives, whether he's written off, so on and so forth. In this case, we have the account of Jesus Christ, the mediator between God and sinful man, the one who was sent as the sacrificial lamb for reconciliation of God and that sinful man, the one who stood in the gap and took on the sins of the whole world so that that sinful man could be in Christ Jesus, seen in Jesus Christ's righteousness to be reunited to the place of power, of provision, of full participation of God in his life, to walk in power and authority, and to reattain his divine identity, which had been stolen from him from the beginning of time because of a fallen nature and because of sin entering into the world. In Hebrews chapter 12, we have, it reads, Wherefore seen, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The archer tells us in capital letters, it says, Wherefore seen. Wherefore seen. We are also compassed about, we're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses in the flesh as well as in the spiritual realm. There are people watching. Let us lay aside every weight. That's everything that keeps us from getting into this place that Christ has died for us to enter into. It's like the victory is sitting there. The band is waiting. The parade has started. But the participants of the parade have yet to show up and won't show up. He said, let us lay aside every weight that's stopping us from getting into this place, whether it's self-inflicted or it's inflicted from someone outside of us, whether they're close to us or not close to us. They have to be set aside because you're stopping me from my purpose. You're keeping me from my paradise. You're not uh, 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 assisting me. You're not being a blessing for the blessing of God to be activated in me. And he says, and the sin which do it so easily beset us. We in ourselves are not able to overcome sin. We know that. But because Jesus made the sacrifice that he did and shed his blood and died on our behalf and took our place, that sin has been dealt with once and for all. But it's only as I abide in Christ Jesus that the Holy Spirit will overcome me and clothe me and give me the power to be free from sin. The power for the power of sin to not fully operate over me. Can I operate in this life sinless? Absolutely. If I'm in Christ Jesus, does that mean I will never make a mistake and never fall? Absolutely not. As long as you're in the flesh, the Bible says you die daily. But as you mature in the things of God, your mind matures. You take on the divine nature of Jesus Christ. Your desires change. The things that used to beset you, the things that used to chain you, the things that used to bound you should not bound you anymore. They should not chain you anymore. 
You should be walking in a new direction. You should have a new mission, a new purpose, and a new joy in serving your Lord and Savior because, you know, it pleases him for you to dwell in his righteousness, to abide in him, to cleave unto him. And it will be his strength that keeps you free from sin. It won't be in your own because if you do it on your own and you try and keep one tittle or one jolt of the law, then you're guilty of having to keep it all. But because you abide in his righteousness, he sees you as righteous through the righteousness of Christ Jesus, not your own. Verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He who is all-knowing, he who is all-powerful, he who sees it all. There's nothing that is hidden from his eyes. He's the author. He started it. He chose you. He chose me. He chose everybody who has accepted his invitation to be Lord and Savior in their life. To come in this divine relationship with him because he has a divine plan. He's the author. He's the finisher. Meaning he's determined the habitation of your bounds and the length of your days on this earth. He's determined the quality of those days. But we must get into a hide and seek mode with him where we've been hiding, but now we must seek him because he be not far from any one of us that we may get back into the place, back on the path, made back aware of the plan so that we can find out what it is he's finishing. We must cooperate with what he's doing in the middle, even though it does not always agree with our theology, our doctrine, our intelligence, our intellect, and what we think should be happening. Enduring the day of contradiction. Contradiction to what? Not to what my university has said, not to the plans I've made for my life, but contradiction to what the word of God has said that has been promised to the sons and daughters of God. In the Bible, it says that all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen and to the glory of God by us. God wants to use our life for glory. God wants to show himself strong and mighty on behalf of his people, through his people. It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand, right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him. He was willing to go through the difficult times, the shameful times, the times of persecution, the time of false accusation, the time of isolation, the times when they wanted to stone him, the times when they wanted to throw him off the cliff, the time when they falsely accused him of being a devil, Beelzebub, the time when they said many un kind things about him. They did not recognize him in his divinity. They thought he was only a prophet or some lunatic or some madman. He forgave them because for the joy that was set before him. That joy is found in Revelation chapter 5 verse 12 when it says, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings. All power had been given to him to heaven and earth once he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What he was going through in the earth was temporal, but where he was going to was eternal. It was worth the sacrifice. The same must be known for you and I. He's the author and finisher of our faith. What we go through will be worth the sacrifice. In the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 18 and 19 says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. The, pre the suffering of this present time, it won't be worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. The glory is the presence of God, the power of God. The magnificent things God has prepared for those who love him, that he set aside for them 
for enduring the cross, for believing that there's joy set before him, despising the shame. Shame wants to steal your glory. The world wants you to be embarrassed for following Jesus Christ and believing that there's a blessing in suffering, which is allowing Jesus Christ to have his way in your life, which will sometimes allow you to be up, many times down, many times isolated, many times alone, all the time misunderstood, all the time persecuted and falsely accused. But God says, do it anyway. Because the disciple is not above his master. It is enough that he should be as his master. You should be just like your daddy. And it says, it's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You're set down at the throne. In a throne room, there is authority, there is power, there is rulership. All of your suffering leads you to a place of position, a divine position. All of your suffering strips your flesh, enhances your spirit. All of your suffering takes you out of your natural mind and lead you into your renewed mind. He's the author. He's the finisher. He knows those things which are unknown by any other human being on the planet or any other small God on the planet, any false God, any unclean spirit. None knows the plan that God has for your life because he's sovereign. He's omnipotent. He alone rules. He's the author. He's the finisher of your faith, of the plan for your life, of everything that's good in life, God's got it. Only God can do it. But it's up to you to allow this word and all of the word of God to be implemented in your heart, to give you the courage to trust him, to follow him, to submit to him, and to dare be like him. In Jesus' name, amen.